Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
all of you. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. Uh, we had a great show on Tuesday, and uh, so many great topics addressed and established, so many amazing guests, um, everything you could ask for in a show. Um, the show just keeps getting better and better. We're listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And uh, everybody, if you miss me past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgengenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people doing their show on the network, and I will be announcing details, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. Uh, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my guests, all my co-hosts, my audience, and sponsors. You guys are all incredible, all incredible. Uh, we have a huge, huge show tonight. Uh, I do want to uh, welcome um, on the phone right now, I have the founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin DeKuyper. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. Hope you and your listeners are doing great. Uh, going to be a great, uh, exciting show tonight. Hey, just to clarify, I said the founder of College Republicans United and founder of Republicans United, right? I wanted to make sure I said both of them. Indeed, yes, that is correct. Back in uh, perfect, 2018. Perfect. perfect. Uh, let's also go to uh, Mike Peters in New York. Good to have you on the show, my friend. Great to be here. Glad I could come in early and looking forward to tonight's shows. Really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, definitely have a lot to talk about. Uh, I also want to introduce conservative talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl King. Daryl, how are you? Hey, brother. I'm like Boogie Cousins. I made it into the lineup last minute. Two questions. There you who's go. Who's going to win tonight? Who's going to win tonight, and who's going to win the series? What's the score? How many games? Oh, right now What's it's the a score? game. It's a four, it's forty five forty seven. Toronto's up right now. Yeah, you know what? I would not be surprised if Toronto win, wins the championship in six, or or if it goes seven. I really think uh, Toronto can do this. Yeah. And you've got the greatest player in the world in Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be be a good series for sure. Back back to you, brother. Happy to be here. Excellent. I also want to welcome. Uh, political activist, strategist, and best-selling author, Matt Margolis. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be back. Great to have you here, Matt. Great to have you here. Um, guys, I want I want to get into uh, the opening, opening segment. Uh, very, very uh, busy, busy day in the news today and yesterday. There there is just one thing after the other. Um, but like we saw yesterday, Robert Mueller comes out. He, he gives – and I'm watching this yesterday. You know, yesterday morning, you know, we hear Mueller talk for pre- pretty much one of the only times we've ever heard him say any words, uh, you know, especially during this whole, this whole process. Um, and you could tell by his body language and his, uh, his speech that he was nervous about uh, if things are going to come out about him and people, you know, that he was involved with, with, the swamp, with all these swamp creatures. 
you know, he was it just it's like his posture and, and other people noticed this as well. You know, it, it really it really felt like uh he knows something's coming. Um obviously, you know, he doesn't want to test it. He doesn't he doesn't want to testify. Uh we see now that the Democrats uh may force him to come testify. Uh, but it's it's just it's going to be beating a dead horse. I mean, they they are literally abusing their power in every single way. The Democrats we see now they are yelling for impeachment for some odd reason, for some deranged reason. They come out yesterday, and that the the, the the impersonation and the. Well, the, the impression and, and the vibe and what they what they thought they heard from Mueller is that President Trump is guilty of obstruction of justice. He absolutely broke the law. I mean, you have you have all these people, and and you know what you know what's going to happen, right? I mean, bring bring on impeachment, bring it on, because if you guys go down that route. I mean, Trump's going to win in 2020 in a landslide as it is, but you're giving it to him on a silver platter. You go down this route of impeachment, which I, I, I don't know if they're dumb enough to do. I mean, they sure as hell talk about it, all of them. I mean, you pretty much have all the candidates now asking, uh, the, the, the Dem candidates for 2020, you have them asking for, for the impeachment. And we've seen Democrat politicians repeatedly say, the only way to beat Trump is to impeach him. That's the only way we get rid of this president. Remember, people, there was no legitimate cause for this investigation. Robert Mueller, interesting enough, wanted to work for Trump when first Trump first came to D.C. Trump denied him the job, and then Mueller starts an investigation a day or two later. Such a conflict of interest. You have, you had, and this, this is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. If this happened to a Democrat, the media would be calling bloody murder. I mean, the way Trump has been so transparent and so open and honest through this entire process is, is it's more than, it's, it's unbelievable. It's more than enough. I've never seen a president as open with the media and, you know, welcoming as he is. I mean, this guy will, he'll sit around, he'll answer your questions. He does not have anything to hide. And you have, you know, all these different comments coming from Mueller. You know, Mueller's trying to say that, um, you know, it, it's, it, he, he doesn't, he doesn't think, he never came to a con- fully, full conclusion that Trump broke the law. But he basically said it in a sense that, you know, it, it, makes, people, it makes people on the left believe that Trump is guilty. So, in other words, Mueller said he didn't say yes or no whether Trump broke the law or not. I mean, Trump didn't break the law, but he was trying to play mind games and, in a sense, I, I think virtue, virtue signal to all these, these, sheep, these sheep on the left. I mean, he could have been more straight with his, with with certain answers. Yes, he did. He did, you know, shine light on some things that we wanted to know, but there wasn't nearly enough answered. 
And you have A.G. Barr. I mean, you had Mueller even give uh, Barr praise and, uh, you know, said that he pretty much trusted Barr and that, you know, Barr, uh, he didn't think would act, uh, you know, um, would act, he didn't think Barr would do anything wrong uh, with, with, you know, and he was happy that Barr released the report. Uh, I do want to play some clips. We, we definitely have to talk about this. But, guys, think about this. Two years, $40 million wasted. The mainstream media basically saying every single night for the longest time, there's definite evidence of Russian collusion. Yet all these politicians wrongly leading the people on. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, here's some recaps from Mueller's testimony. One for now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. I am making that decision myself. No one has told me whether I can or should testify or speak further about this matter. There has been discussion about an appearance before Congress. Any testimony from this office would not go beyond our report. It contains our findings and analysis and the reasons for the decisions we made. We chose those words carefully, and the work speaks for itself. And the report is my testimony. I would not provide information beyond that which is already public in any appearance before Congress. In addition, access to our underlying work product is being decided in a process that does, that does not involve our office. So beyond what I have said here today and what is contained in our written work, I do not believe it is appropriate for me to speak further about the investigation or to comment on the actions of the Justice Department or Congress. And it's for that reason I will not be taking questions today as well. Under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Even if the charge is kept under seal and hidden from public view, that too is prohibited. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. We concluded that we would, would not reach a determination one way or the other about whether the president committed a crime. That is, the office's, that is the office's final position, and we will not comment on any other conclusions or hypotheticals about the president. And here, here's Trump uh, reacting to what Mueller said, 1-5. It's nothing but a witch hunt. This is a witch hunt by the media and the Democrats, their partners. Uh, I thought it was finished when the report was released. But it goes on, and this, to me, it was the same, frankly, as the report. And he said, basically, it was the same as the report. And he loves Comey. Uh, you look at the relationship that those two, so whether it's love or a deep like, but he should, he was conflicted. Robert Mueller should have never been chosen because he wanted the FBI job, and he didn't get it. And the next day, he was picked as special counsel. So you tell somebody, I'm sorry, you can't have the job. And then after you say that, he's going to make a ruling on you. It doesn't work that way. Plus, we had a business dispute. Plus, his relationship with Comey was 
extraordinary. Now, one other thing I'll say. Why didn't he investigate Strook and Page and McCabe and Comey and all the lies and Brennan and the lies and Clapper and the lies to Congress and all of the things that happened to start this investigation? Why didn't Comey come clean? Why didn't Comey come clean and say the things that he knows are facts? Why didn't Mueller investigate Comey, his best friend, or his very good friend? And there's so many other things. Here's a question. This is a study of Russia. Why didn't they invest the insurance policy? In other words, should Hillary Clinton lose, we've got an insurance policy. Guess what? What we're in right now is the insurance policy. I think Mueller is a true never-Trumper. He's somebody that dislikes Donald Trump. He's somebody that didn't get a job that he requested that he wanted very badly, and then he was appointed. And despite that, and despite $40 million, 18 Trump haters, including people that work for Hillary Clinton and some of the worst human beings on earth, they got nothing. It's pretty amazing. And, and, and like I've said so many different times, this was, for, for the Democrats, this was never about caring whether or not Russia, you know, meddled in our election. It was always about destroying Trump in whatever possible way they could. That it was, that's their entire objective, and they will stop at nothing. Uh, I, do, I do want to get everybody's thoughts. I, I do want to play Tucker's clip, though, real quick. He made a fantastic point about this whole Mueller BS uh, 1-9. Good evening. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. At 11 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, former special counsel Robert Mueller made a rare public appearance. Reading from a prepared statement from behind a podium at the Department of Justice, Mueller explained that he will not testify before Congress. Why? Because he's got nothing more to say. It's all in that 300-page report, which you can read online if you feel like it. So why bother giving the speech in the first place? Well, Robert Mueller had a message he wanted to deliver, not a message for you or me or the rest of the audience at home, but a message aimed at a very small group of elected officials in Washington. Years of investigations could not produce a criminal charge against Donald Trump, but, Mueller suggested, Congress could still step in. The opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. A process other than the criminal justice system, end quote. That's how a 74-year-old Anglophile might describe impeachment. It didn't take Democrats long to decode that message. Some were already calling for impeachment and had been for quite some time. Those who hadn't been got on board immediately. Kamala Harris of California, who's running for president, tweeted this, quote, What Robert Mueller basically did was return an impeachment referral. Now it is up to Congress to hold this president accountable. We need to start impeachment proceedings. It's our constitutional obligation. But Toa Rourke, meanwhile, took a break from skateboarding to agree there must be consequences, he wrote, accountability and justice. The only way to ensure that is to begin impeachment proceedings. And then from their seats on cable news sets across New York City, America's opinion-generating class applauded heartily. This was vintage Bob Mueller, 
No questions, no bull. He speaks in measured but clear tones and style. That's the man Bob Mueller is. He's precise, he's factual, he's accurate. Um, the man doesn't know the definition of hyperbole. This was a serious man making a serious point that the framers gave us a way to address a potentially lawless president. I think a lot of us have been very supportive of Mueller and what he's done. He's worked very hard and done a really good job. Man, can they suck up when they want to. A man never stands so tall as when he stoops to kiss a butt. That's their motto. Unbelievable. But you may be slightly confused listening to all this. Democrats are demanding impeachment, and as you just saw, the press strongly agrees with that. They love Robert Mueller. But what would the crime be exactly? What would the charges be in an impeachment proceeding? Would it be Russian collusion, the core charge? Well, as Mueller himself conceded, there's no evidence that ever happened. The first volume of the report details numerous efforts emanating from Russia to influence the election. This volume includes a discussion of the Trump campaign's response to this activity, as well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. Insufficient evidence, in other words, there was no crime. That's how it works. The same is true for obstruction. By Mueller's own admission, after two years, he and his subordinates were unable to find a criminal act. The report describes the results and analysis of our obstruction of justice investigation involving the president. If we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. Under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. Yeah, got that. Knew that, in fact. And just to be clear, prosecutors in civilized countries don't prove people innocent. They don't need to do that. That's the standing presumption that all of us have by virtue of our citizenship. Instead, prosecutors look for evidence of guilt. And if there is no evidence of guilt, a person is declared not guilty. That's how our system works. So when Mueller says he couldn't prove the president didn't commit a crime, it was an odd and striking and honestly kind of a bizarre thing to say. The bottom line is that the evidence Mueller gathered did not support charges of collusion or obstruction of justice. Yet Mueller would clearly like to see the president impeached anyway. Democrats are likely to take him up on that. We're going to assess Robert Mueller's remarks from a number of different angles tonight, but we want to begin with the question of impeachment, because that was the point of Let, let's, let's face the facts here. I mean, the fact that Mueller, you know, the way he said certain things in this press conference, let, let's, face, let, let's face the reality. He was leading people on on the left. He, 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 there were certain answers that he didn't give straight enough that, you know, and, but, but at the same time, no matter what is said, it's never going to be good enough for the Democrats. They're always going to have these different conspiracies and illusions, just what it is. Um, Mike Peters in New York, go ahead. We're playing with – and he said sufficient. Or, it's either that they found something, but it wasn't enough. 
okay, well, if they found something, but it was insufficient, then what did they find? Tell us what you found that showed there was an issue or something that gave, would give you the right to charge them. So they're just playing with words, and the average person out there, the general public, they don't understand it. Insufficient. Oh, so there's a chance. They're misleading the public. It's nothing but a game, and they're lying to the public. There was a link that I sent you earlier. I don't know if you got a chance to read it. And uh, it was a, a couple, it was an analogy, and it was, it was a great way they, they put it. I forget what the exact phrase was. was um, but anyways, it's, it's all just a game, and I think I'm hoping that Trump really comes out and with Barr, and they get the evidence to expose these people. And um, I think they're trying to do the most damage that they can right now before Trump and Barr expose them with the investigation that's ongoing. So they're just they're going for broke. They're doubling down and going for broke. They have nothing. So, anyways. It's true. Very, very, very true. Uh, let, let's go to Matt. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I think it's quite clear that, you know, Democrats, they kind of uh, put all their chips on Mueller's going to find collusion, and that didn't work. So now they're kind of going with this obstruction thing. And, uh, you know, and even that was kind of a, a, a hit, uh, you know, a, a shoot and a miss there because uh, – you know, Mueller punted yeah, to, 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 to to Congress, and I don't think I think Pelosi knows that uh, trying to impeach him uh, at this point is is not going to be a politically smart move for them. Uh, but but you definitely see this desperation that, that they're trying to do everything they can to undermine him before this you know this uh, Trump and Barr investigation into what happened in 2016 uh, goes through because we're going to find out a lot of things that they don't want us to know. And uh, I think we, we, we've noticed, or I, I'm sure we've all noticed that the, there's been sort of a change since, you know, uh, Trump, Trump had basically given Barr permission to uh, declassify whatever was necessary. Uh, they're running scared. They're at, they absolutely are. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here because uh, uh, it should be uh, very amusing to watch. And, and, I, and I honestly believe that from what we know now, that it's only going to look better for Trump the, the, the more this goes on. Yeah, I, abs- I absolutely agree. And, you know, it, it's just like get the popcorn ready. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, it's we're going to see a lot of stuff. Uh, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, so just a lot of stuff. Um, just some of the stuff is really mind-blowing. And I did want to key in on something you said about about his appearance. And there's something, I think, really just creepy about this guy. And uh, – and really, in, in not just not just on the surface level, but when you look in his eyes, uh, I I really can't say conclusively that he's not a child molester. Um, and, and you know, and I think that what's I I really can't. I can either confirm or valid, you know, or repudiate that claim that uh, Robert Mueller is a child molester. This is what he's doing right now is is really it's appalling, and he's revealing his own hand. And, you know, clearly they wanted to go after it. I mean, and again, I'm not an attorney. So I, some of this stuff is like maybe I'm missing something. But if, 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 uh, if prosecuting Trump was never on the table, uh, why exactly did we just spend $40 million investigating him? It just seems, it seems odd to me. And, you know, obviously he wasn't able to come up with what he was looking for. And he's seeing now because, again, there's two different realities here. I mean, we're, we're tuned into our reality, 
and there's a progressive reality where you know they probably are, are construing something entirely different out of what's happened. And I think that what he's seeing is that you know our reality is 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 quite a bit stronger than their reality. And I think he felt like he sort of let the team down. So on the on the way out the door, he wanted to kind of put in a little uh, last second knifing of Trump. And there is a bit of desperation here at play because I think that uh, the consequences. Again, I, I use this other term, this term the other night. This is a this is essentially an, an organized, you know, very nice white collar coup that they attempted. And you know, anybody that's seen that Tom Cruise movie. You know, Valkyrie knows that if you're going to go after someone, you'd better you'd better finish the job. And they didn't. They didn't. They didn't succeed. They failed. And now, obviously, Barr has been given authority to go after these people. And I think that they are rightly terrified. So I don't think that they really have an option at this point to back down, that basically their survival depends upon them continuing this thing. And, uh, you know, trying to make a second pass at this. And I think that's exactly what this is. I think that uh, I, I don't think it's going to work because ultimately Trump has the authority of the executive branch. They did this report. They got nothing from it. Uh, an impeachment proceeding would probably not be politically advantageous to the left. So I remain optimistic about this, as disgusted as I am by the antics and shenanigans of these leftists. But all things considered, and I, and I do have some sources in Washington. I've heard from various people there that uh, there are whispers that uh, some interesting things have already been uncovered by Mr. Barr. And I think that these people are acting out of desperation. I think Comey has a lot to be afraid of right now, and I think, frankly, Mueller does, and you know, hopefully the entire organization. And maybe we can put enough pressure on Comey. We can find out why it was that he didn't choose to indict Hillary Clinton or why he didn't make that recommendation. So there's a lot of things that when that we'll be able to unearth when we start applying pressure to the right people. And I think that everybody that's been complicit in this uh, this coup is is recognizing that they're facing some real consequences if they don't um, if they don't make a second pass of this thing and succeed. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Very, very well said. Uh, let, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Well, Tucker says it absolutely wonderfully. It's this longstanding case against President Trump, guilty until proven innocent. And that's just not happening with uh, Mueller declaring that there's no evidence against Trump, but there's no evidence that he's innocent either, apparently. And so it's very explicit that uh, that there's no collusion, but he leaves open the door for, oh, there could be some election interference. We rounded up some Russians, and they had somehow interfered with the American election, and somehow this is the only reason why Hillary Clinton is not the president, and that Trump is a, a criminal for this maybe conspiring with these Russians. Obviously not the case, but, I mean, doesn't it just grind your gears, make you so upset that you have uh, – uh, for example, the FBI director, James Comey, that says that we have Hillary Clinton. Here are our um, proof and evidence that she has, during this email scandal, uh, done this huge cover-up of absolute terrible uh, criminal scale. Um, but we declare that she was not doing it out of criminal intent. Oh, mind you, she smashed her servers with a hammer and 
all the cover-ups that went along with it, and these emails are not surfacing to the, the general public, so don't, don't mind that. But what we have here is Trump, who absolutely has no evidence and no criminal intent, and he's being treated like a criminal. So what, are, what is it that they're uh, blaming right now? Well, first of all, they're blaming that it's the Constitution. It's the, the framers of the Constitution made it so no president could be indicted with a federal crime. Well, that's, now you're getting the entire liberal uh, populace to think, wow, this evil Constitution, I can't believe they did this to us. You know, we got to make some changes. It, they're they're going to change the Constitution in, in ways because that's one of the, the reasons why they're blaming uh, this. And it's especially absolutely infuriating to me that uh, through this entire scenario of blaming Trump for this, uh, this fake crime, that you have so many of these different politicians on the, the deep state end that uh, are proven to have evidence against them, but nothing's being done about it. I mean, that's, uh, it's unfathomable to me how, how we don't have any people behind bars at this point. Uh, during all this uh, fiasco and what's occurring right now with the uh, the entire left side is they're trying to make it so that Trump reveals his tax returns. Um, I really want to ask all these people that want to see Trump's tax returns, how about you do it first? You lead the way. Go ahead. Because I really want to know how all these people with uh, these government salaries are multimillionaires and absolutely uh, paid off as we know they are and uh, totally subverting our entire American uh, government process. So uh, our republic is entirely subverted by these, these agents of the deep state. And I, Trump is probably the predominant leading force against these traitors, against uh, the American people, and uh, he's feeling the full blunt of uh, their, their uh, antagonism. So I, I really think that uh, we have everything on, on lock proving how uh, Trump is, is safe of all charges, but I, I really want to know why do they continue to investigate him and call him a criminal for uh, officially, or they say for colluding or obstructing justice um, or obstructing election integrity, I and mean, they're using many terms for this, um, when it's the case when you cannot indict a sitting president of a, of a felony crime. Well, then what are they doing? They, they found nothing, and they're still trying to uh, indict him. So it's entirely theatrics is what I'm saying. It's entirely for trying to get the public to uh, go against him to elect you know, another Hillary Clinton 2.0. So I don't think it's going to work at all. You're going to have a, a great win for President Trump in the 2020 election. Uh, so I, I, they absolutely overplayed their hand on this one. And I'd love to hear how uh, they're going to try to uh, pr uh, protect themselves after all these uh, treasonous acts they've done to try to uh, indict our sitting president. Yeah, yeah, very, very well said. No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I do have quite a bit of people to – I have a few uh, guests that I need to introduce here shortly, but I do want to uh, welcome – uh, to the show quickly, I do want to welcome online talk show host, Desert Storm veteran, columnist, and activist Eric Thompson. Eric, what are your thoughts on all this, my friend? Yeah, hey, thanks for letting me uh, on again. Actually, I covered this on my show last night. I think what Mueller did is actually pretty shocking. Uh, his pre-written speech, his telling basically the the Congress, you know what, um, I've done two years of messing people's lives up. 
and I'm not planning on you uh, giving me a subpoena to come up and talk to you. And if you do, I'm not going to say anything besides what's already written, so don't bother. Thank you very much. Uh, Trump uh, probably did something, and I'm going to switch my story that I told AG Barr, and I'm going to blame it on the uh, Office of Legal Counsel, but I didn't say that, so I'm going to go and retire, and good luck. So um, what, what he did is either Attorney General Barr and his staff that interviewed him when the report was coming out, is all they're all lying or Mueller is lying. So I'm going to go with Barr is telling the truth because under his testimony on May 1st, Barr said that when he, him and his team interviewed Mueller back on March 5th, they said, this is a quote, uh, we were frankly surprised that um, they were not going to reach a decision on obstruction and we asked them a lot about the reasoning behind this. And Mueller stated three times to us in that meeting in response to our questions that he emphatically was not saying that but for the OLC opinion that a sitting president could not be charged, he would have found obstruction. So he told a bunch of people last three times. And, he, and now remember, Barr and, and Mueller are friends. Their wives go to the same Bible study. So I can, I can see him saying, hey, Robert, uh, I don't understand why you didn't come up with a yay or an A uh, that there's any obstruction here. So are you, are you saying it's because of the Office of Legal Counsel, the precedent that you couldn't prosecute him anyway? And he said, oh, no, no, I'm just not going to come up with a conclusion. But in the speech, Mueller says, well, you know, uh, it's longstanding precedent that uh, we, we couldn't uh, charge the president anyway. So that's kind of, you know, wouldn't it really mattered if we decided to. But So it, he had two years to get ready for that speech to the world. And he basically was a deep state attempt to try to, entice the Congress to go after impeachment on his way out. And I'm hoping that uh, Lindsey Graham, the Senate Judiciary Chairman, calls his butt in and makes him answer questions like they did to Roger Stone, like Manafort, and like General Flynn. Put him on the hot seat and say, why did you allow the dossier to be used when you knew that it was uncooperated? Why did you not uh, turn in Peter Strzok and Page when you knew, when you found out their text instead of sending the phones back to the manufacturer. So Mueller actually, I think, was a big-time dirty dog. He's trying to weasel out of this, and I hope the GOP doesn't let him do it, especially uh, the, the Republicans running the, the uh, judiciary up in the Senate. Yeah, yeah, very, very well said. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show um, and I do still have a, a, a other guests to get to, and I will here in the next couple minutes, but I do want to welcome a um, very, very talented guy, successful businessman, political commentator, and activist, Barry Nussbaum. How are you, Barry? Welcome back. Uh, good to be with you, Rory, as usual. What are, your, what are your thoughts on all this, Barry? I mean, I'm sure you've been paying close attention to it and probably have a lot of opinions on it. Uh, you know, the most obvious statement that needs to be made is prosecutors do not exonerate ever 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 they only have one job 
indict or in the alternative, don't indict. That is all they're empowered to do. So in other words, this idea that a prosecutor, which is what Mueller was until he resigned, he was charged with investigatory powers of perhaps the broadest uh, ever assigned to a special prosecutor in uh, U.S. Department of Justice history to investigate anywhere he wanted to go. So you end up with indictments for tax evasion and misrepresentation on your taxes and lying to this or that group, none of which had anything to do with Russian collusion, I might add, which is what it's what started all of this, which is why Jeff Sessions recused himself and appointed um, the deputy AG in charge of it, who then in turn named the special prosecutor Mueller. But this whole concept of Mueller can't exonerate the president is, is boulder dash because the reality is he has, he doesn't have that power. He's not a judge. He's not a jury. There wasn't a trial. What should have been reported in the press is there is no evidence such that he couldn't even bring an indictment. And that should put the whole thing to bed because the presumption of not guilty in our court system is the basis of American legal jurisprudence. It's the opposite of many countries, including the country we developed from, which is Great Britain. There, if you're charged, you're presumed, you're presumed guilty, and good luck proving your innocence. And when you lose, you pay all the costs. So there's a big presumption there that's the opposite of what we have in the state. The press is misreporting this tremendously. And Leading people on. I hope. Well, of course, because if you don't know any better and you're listening in God knows where to the mainstream media and Bob Mueller comes out and says, hey, I got to be honest, I cannot declare that Trump didn't do it. You'd think, aha, so there is evidence that he did it. Well, no, not necessarily, and it doesn't even matter. What Mueller should have said, and all he could have said is, we found insufficient evidence to charge the president with collusion with the Russians to interfere and affect the 2016 elections in America, period, and nobody on his staff and nobody under his control is indictable for that offense. And number two, we found insufficient evidence to charge the president with obstruction of justice and with any of his staff for obstruction of justice. Case closed. I'm not answering any questions. Read my report. Have a nice day. That's what he should have said, because those are his only powers, indict or not indict. He's not a judge. He's not a jury. He does not have the power to exonerate. And to the extent it was hinted that he could and would have but isn't, it implies what? Guilt. So the Democrats are running with it, and as well they should, because they are opportunists to be able to say, aha, so there is evidence, it's just not a lot. But what we will do with our investigatory powers uh, in the House is we'll go find it. 
and we'll spend the next two years doing it. And I predict, as I predicted for a long time, it will cost the Democrats the White House if they spend the next year to a year and a half pursuing this. And all you have to do is look at what happened to Bill Clinton. He was clearly lying to Congress. He clearly lied under oath. They had him. They impeached him. He went to trial in the Senate. They got 50 votes to convict him, but they couldn't get two-thirds. So he became not guilty of impeachment, of the impeachment process. In other words, he was found not to have enough votes to kick him out of office. And what happened? His poll numbers went up. He left office the most approved president in recent American history, and everybody knows he lied. And the reason why he left office after lying about having sex in the Oval Office and the, and the closet next to the Oval Office, which, by the way, I've seen, it's not a very romantic place, but that's Bill Clinton <laughs> for you, is, is that Americans want their Congress to run the country, to handle health care, border security, immigration, defense, taxes infrastructure, the things that they elect their representatives to do. And to the extent that politics becomes everything, Americans get turned off. Except for the real, real, I hate Trump people, which is not a big percentage. And those people would vote for Daffy Duck instead of Bill, I'm sorry, instead of uh, Donald Trump for re-election. And so their votes aren't going to matter. But the big group in the middle, the failure to state party affiliation people who decide who wins every election, those in the middle, they're fed up and their polling says what I'm telling you is going to happen, the same thing that happened with Bill Clinton. If the Dems make the same mistake the Republicans made with Bill Clinton, Trump will cruise to victory and he might bring the House back with him. That's my prediction on your show right now. Very, very well said, and, and I think you're, I think you're absolutely spot on. Uh, I do, I do got to take a quick commercial, everybody, and then we will be right back with Michael Hart. Everybody, uh, stay with us. The Rory Sauter Show. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky? with the sass of the South. Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country. For savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new Bacon Smokehouse Burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Packaging. 
I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey, I tried the patch, they didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, I will be announcing much detail and all everything you need to know about the many notable people that will be doing shows uh, on the new network, which I'm very excited to uh, uh, share with everybody. I mean, there's, it's going to be so much fun and uh, very, very exciting. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, uh, for the first time, uh, lobbyist, activist, and popular talk show host, Michael Hart. Michael Hart, welcome to the show. Thank you for, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Royer. How are you? Doing very well, sir. Uh, since it's your first time on the show, uh, like, I like, like I do with all my guests, uh, tell us about yourself, man. Tell us, uh, tell us how it all started for you. Tell us about, uh, you know, your life and uh, how you got to where you are. Well, actually, I'm an accidental journalist. I have had a background in the construction industry for many, many years. And about 20-something years ago, I actually started a home improvement and remodeling radio program in Birmingham, Alabama, that eventually gave way to a business-related program. And, you know, after the 9-11 attacks, my my seminar and construction business, because I was also a seminar speaker, just completely fell apart. And so I re-entered into the construction fields after doing some radio broadcasts at that period of time. And a local station in Birmingham, Alabama, heard me go all political one day and asked me if I would do a Saturday afternoon for a couple of hours doing political talk. That eventually grew into a a morning drive gig that I kept on the air for the better part of 11 or 12 years. And so I began doing political talk quite accidentally as uh, as a former contractor. It makes absolutely no sense. I get it. But, uh, yeah, it kind of morphed out of nowhere. And so I've been covering politics and current events and what's going on in the news ever since George Bush was president in his first term. And basically what we do is we break down the news of the day, Rory, through the, the prism of the past. Because if you don't understand this country's history, then you don't understand what's going on in the news around us today. I'm also the author of a book called Unknown America Myths and Little Known Oddities about the greatest nation on earth. Because much of what's in our history books is complete fabrication and guess what that's on the media the media has been sticking it to the truth in this country since jefferson was president and so donald trump is hardly the first that can claim fake news but uh, he's absolutely correct when he does so 
Yeah, I mean, and you've obviously heard us uh, talking about this whole Mueller uh, mess. I mean, what what are your thoughts on, you know, Mueller's speech yesterday and this whole situation? The timing was completely odd as somebody that has a right? professionally trained well, speak. Yeah, yeah, well, it made no sense, Rory. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is that I, I was ner- heavily look involved. how nervous for, he looked. You could tell well, by yeah, his body that, language. That's what I was going to say is that I was, you know, back in the seminar days, you know, I, I taught I taught construction people back in my seminar days, had a market. But then eventually I had a presentation skills seminar where I taught, taught people how to do public presentations and speak in public. And, and, and the speech yesterday from Mueller had all the earmarks of somebody that not only wasn't prepared but didn't believe it. And you know what's interesting is I do my program in a similar fashion. I was on a terrestrial tower for 15 years. Now I'm doing it online. And I pulled nine minutes of the speech, and I was going to edit it down so I could replay it today. And you know when you pull things down like on Next Gen or on on, uh, Audacity or whatever, you can see the voice inflection moving up and down as it's recording. And there were so many pauses and ums and ahs throughout the course of Mueller's comments which are indications that the speaker is not comfortable with what he's saying. And I firmly believe, and I base this nothing other than on my gut, I firmly believe he was put up to this at this time to reinvigorate a somewhat waffling impeachment process because Pelosi's been reticent about it. I know she's taken a little bit of uh, heat from Rashida Tlaib and Ohar, uh, Ilhan Omar and OAC and that whole crowd. Pelosi doesn't want to jump in the middle of it. Schumer doesn't want nothing to do with it. So they had to reinvigorate this. Somebody got to Mueller to get him to move on this at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, it, and that it makes sense. I mean, we look at the kind of person Mueller is. He's been involved with some of the dirtiest and most corrupt situations. I mean, you know, he, among many things, uh, you know, he was involved with Whitey Bulger. He was involved with sealing documents from 9-11 families and not showing them certain information. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff that he's been involved with. Well, you know, it's like the comment he makes about, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Office of Legal Counsel, the OLC, you know, that they, they have, you know, leveled in 2000 this, this advisory that you cannot bring charges against. That's an advisory. You know, that's all it is. It's an internal Department of Justice advisory opinion. He could have done pretty yeah. much anything that he wanted to do. I heard some of your guests as I was logging on uh, this evening in preparation for tonight, and they're absolutely spot on. There are so many things about this that absolutely reek. And, you know, Comey was uh, – I'm sorry, Mueller was so unbelievably off base. And you know what else is kind of funny is that when we're talking about, you know, Hillary Clinton and the emails and the servers and Comey, there's not enough there there. And all of a sudden, the Democrats are going, well, see, that's exactly right. Then all of a sudden, when the Republicans are doing it, when it relates to the Mueller investigation, now all of a sudden, we're some kind of political pariahs. So, that, you know, they're constantly changing the narrative. And, and yesterday, Mueller was changing the narrative in real time as he was speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, it, you know, it was in the way he leads people on, you know, especially the left with, you know, not – I mean, he, what, he wasn't – he left so many things up in the air for the left to make all these assumptions and, and be like, oh, well, there's a chance, there's a good chance that Trump broke the law. I mean, it's, 
it's it's like it's the mainstream media brainwashing Mueller. I mean, they're all involved. Look at look at you know that she's bragging about being a dope smoking hippie, Kamala Harris. Now she's saying that it's a referral towards an impeachment. First off, you know that first off that's ridiculous beyond compare. Yeah. And you want to talk yeah. about intellectual extrapolation of what was said? Mueller has you know he said nothing yesterday right. that he has not right. said before. It was a complete waste of my nine minutes. Yeah. Oh, you're abs- you're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely right. Um, I do I do want to. Uh, everybody, I do want to move on to another very important topic. I mean, we've we've covered this Mueller in Russia situation for uh, about 45 minutes, a good amount of time, and I think we've pretty much covered uh, ground uh, and everything that we need to do uh, with, with this topic. So um, another big uh, headline in the news today, uh, President Trump, and, uh, you know, it's amazing how – the other day, I'm, I'm talking on my show about this immigration crisis and, and how much of, of a terrible epidemic it is. I mean, it's, at the, it's, in the, it's the worst it's ever been. I've never seen in my life – I mean, we've seen, obviously, illegals come over quite a bit, but we've never seen it to this extent. I mean, it is overflow. It, the record was just broken, apparently, in the news today. It said the most they've ever apprehended at once at the El Paso sector of the border, a 1,000 people they apprehended. It was either today or yesterday. It was all over the news, and it was a record, of, like apprehending at one time in one place. A 1,000 people, a 1,000, and they're all in packs. They're all following each other in the line. It's, it's, it's insane. And, and we saw, and a new report just came out today that DHS released 5,000 illegal aliens into the U.S. over Memorial Day weekend. Just released them because they're overly full. They, it's like, how is that any excuse in the entire world? And like I said the other day on my program, I don't blame Trump for this. I don't. I know Trump's one of his number one priorities is immigration. The people I blame are the people that are are surrounding Trump that are giving him the wrong advice. Let, let let's face it, guys. He's got so many globalists whispering in his goddamn ear, and you know he it's you know Trump is one of the smartest people we've ever seen in this life, but that doesn't mean he's not human. I mean, you know, Washington is somewhat. Of a, of a new uh, place for him, and you've got people that have been there for so long that are in his administration. Uh, their their priorities are not straight. They're not America first. Some of these people, and you know, it's it's really really uh, terrifying to think about. I mean, you had people like, um, you know, the, the the person he just got rid of, uh, Secretary Nielsen. I mean, she's terrible. These laws were were condoned by her, and she was, you know, it's like I wonder sometimes how these people even get into a pro-America first administration. But like I said, there's so many people that are, are, you know, so involved, and and they're totally against 
the Trump agenda and for their own self-interest. I mean, it's scary, scary to think about. And, you know, I'm glad uh, the news that came out today that Trump is imposing a 5% tariff on all, and I repeat, all Mexican goods in, in retaliation to them not controlling their people and, just, and coming up here in packs. You know, if you, if you mess with somebody's economy, if you try to, you know, say, well, I'm going to put on tariffs, uh, I think that's a wake-up call. I don't think Mexico can afford uh, to lose a lot of money. And you think about 5% on all goods, add all of that up. That's a lot of money. And think about this. If anybody knows Trump's personality, this is just start. So 5% is what he's beginning with. If they don't comply, he'll go up to 10%. Well, you, you still don't want to comply? Okay, let's go more. Until they learn. Until they learn. Um, you know, it's – I mean, we, we need to set the, set the bar. And that's what Trump, Trump's saying, no bullshit here. You know, you're not going to play games with us. And Trump knows. Trump hears from his supporters lately how fed up they are with the illegal immigration. Trump does not want to let down his supporters. And let, let's, let, let's, let's all acknowledge, for the most part, that Trump is a perfectionist. He's a perfectionist. The reason he'll go down as the greatest president in history, because he doesn't want – he doesn't know – like fa- failing to him is the end of the world. He wants to succeed at all measures, and, and he wants to be the best. If he does something, he goes in at 100% full on. There's no half-assing with, with President Trump. And this is why I believe that, uh, you know, he, he literally is something straight out of the Bible. I mean, what he's been able to do for all of us. I, I don't want to get too off topic with, with the whole religious talk. But, um, you know, go, going back to this whole border thing, I mean, we're, we're looking at a very, very scary scenario as it is. But imagine if it keeps happening. we got a very important election coming around the corner. We know what Democrats like to do with illegals voting for them. They, they cheat it any way they can just so they can get elected. And we've seen over and over the voter fraud reports. It's, it really is something to be very, very worried about. And then, and then you have an accused serial killer that's an illegal given a green card after overstaying his visa. You have MS-13 members. You have all these people that are illegal. That are There's killers that have been released. That, and it, you know, don't tell me this, has, this, this isn't all political when they release these people. It's all malicious. It's to, it's to cause division. It's to make Republicans upset. It's to you know, promote the anti-American communist Democrat agenda. You know, this is, this is something to be very, very concerned about. And I really think the 5% tariffs on all Mexican goods, I think that's a start. And I think eventually, and if not right away, I think this is, it's going to wake Mexico up. And I think they're going to actually make attempts to stop this crap. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Peters in New York, go ahead. Mike Peters. Um, let's go to uh, Eric. Eric, go ahead.
Hey, you can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, this is um, this is how. Oh shoot. Eric, it just it cut out, but now you're good. Now you're good. It's cut out for a second. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um. This unfortunately, <laughs> what's happening with these tariffs is it comes. It's like the only option that President Trump has because he's kind of threatened Mexico with shutting down the ports of entry. He's spoken to him directly. He's spoken to the new president. He's uh, gone to the world talking about the amount of murders and, and human trafficking, and he's, he's tried everything. And unfortunately, in some situations, the only thing to get somebody's attention is their pocketbook. So I, I, um, he, they said in the press conference, uh, McElhaney did, this has nothing to do with the, uh, the NAFTA replacement. This is strictly punitive that you guys don't want to help because think about it practically. Mexico has the ability to stop 100% of the people oh, coming yeah. into our country if they want to, but they don't want to because the money that the, their, that their citizens make gets sent home anyway. And we're taking in their rapists, their MS-13 gang members and their pedophiles and some of the energy of the cartel into the U.S., which gives them a breather down in Mexico and El Salvador and Guatemala and all this. So President Trump's basically, since he has no support from the rhinos, no support, obviously, from the left, no support from the United Nations, no support from the Pope, no support from anybody. The only thing he has left as the executive, as the chief executive officer, the president of the United States, is to simply say, if you're, since you guys really don't respect us, we're going to monetarily cripple you, and we think that that will get your attention. So it, it's, it's sad that it's coming down to this, but in the end, uh, I don't really think the president had another option. You're absolutely right. I mean, he, he had no other choice. He had to do something to prove a point, otherwise they would continue walking all over us. It's absolutely true. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yes. I couldn't be more happy about the tariffs that were imposed on Mexico. It got me very, very worried uh, thinking that Trump may uh, wait however long, uh, up to a year, to actually uh, threaten them and actually go along with uh, the tariffs. But uh, this is exactly what I'm uh, looking to see, and it's absolutely true that uh, they've exhausted all of their outcomes, uh, possibilities of uh, ways that Trump could finally get Mexico to come to the negotiation table to actually stop all this terrible uh, illegal immigration that's going on because it's it's been a crisis for at the very least a decade, I would say much longer, but and it's just uh, exponentially growing as uh, an even greater crisis. And uh, the it's not just Mexico where these people are coming from. You have down in South America, especially even uh, Nicaragua and all these other uh, very poor, very uh, uncultured areas with very low IQs that are coming here for welfare and handouts and uh, absolutely destroying our American culture and our American prosperity and our, our economy. So it's uh, very important that everything uh, is done um, to prevent this kind of uh, invasion 
because uh, I mean, every day counts. We have, as mentioned, uh, well over a thousand people. It seems that are at least entering the the country every day, and uh, it also uh, is important because of how our elections are are down to such a, a turning point. And so, essentially, with the with these elections, I find it absolutely ridiculous that uh, on our voting ballots, and it's been this way since uh, 1985 where we've had uh, the Bilingual Voting Equality Act, which states that there needs to be access to uh, Spanish on, a, on our ballots. And also there's laws in uh, most states that have uh, your voting information and uh, even at the polls, uh, bilingual voting. And it's like, uh, why should we be able uh, – why should our election – uh, be for people that can't even speak our language. Uh, they're not going to vote for American culture if they don't even speak our, our language. And uh, and this also goes in line with everything that's uh, being done about this election manipulation that's been going on in our country, because even in the midterms, there's no uh, nothing that was done to make sure that our uh, election fraud isn't uh, being treated as an absolute rampant crisis. Uh, so I, I think that's a, a definitely a top priority for Trump, and also uh, what I see in California and so many other states, even Arizona and I mean uh, actual Republican states, is that there's a crisis as far as ballot uh, ballot harvesting, where you don't even need to vote; you just hand your ballot off to whatever community organizer, and this uh, makes it so that you have massive people that don't even know how to go to the polls or do anything relating to the, the voting process. And they're voting towards our, our leaders and our representatives. And it's, uh, it's an absolute crisis in that aspect because uh, we're losing House seats. We're losing uh, our, our representatives to actual, like, far-left Democrats that are, are running for office. So uh, absolutely so much should be done, but I'm very proud of uh, Trump and his efforts. And uh, he's going to keep it up and uh, make sure that Mexico makes some solid – tangible efforts to stop this crisis. Absolutely. Very, very well said. Um, Mike, Mike in New York, go ahead. Mike Peters, you there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let, let's go to Bear, um, let's go to Barry. Barry, go ahead. Lori, I see nothing but good news. I, I appreciate the fact that your guests and you are distressed about massive numbers crossing the border. And it is distressing, but let's look at the big picture. The vast majority of Americans when polled, and I mean a very significant majority, do not want undocumented possible criminals pouring across our border. And I'm including liberal Democrats in that polling. If you remember, when Trump made this a key point of his election campaign in 2016, nobody seemed to think it was distressing. In other words, it wasn't a big deal. They didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, we should have immigration reform, but it wasn't a crisis. And over the past, oh, maybe year, most liberal Democrats, especially the progressive wing, have made the statement, and you, this will ring true for your guests as well as your listeners, an overblown crisis made up by President Trump. There's no 
crisis at the border. A, that's an ignorant thing to say because the facts obviously prove that statement wrong. And number two, the visuals of these people waiting in line, riding at the border, climbing over the fence, being apprehended in such a fashion that that literally Customs, Border Patrol, ICE are completely overwhelmed to the point where, as you mentioned earlier, they're letting people go. They just have nowhere to put them. What does that do? Big picture, it galvanizes the voters to say enough is enough, especially when the word comes out how many free services these people are given, medical, schooling, free baby care, free medical care, housing, et cetera, et cetera. And in some places like California, you could be living on the street, be a, uh, a Vietnam veteran, uh, have nowhere to go for health care, be living in your own filth in the street. But if you're an illegal alien, they'll feed you, they'll clothe you, they'll educate you, and they'll send you to the University of California for free. That does not fit well with most people. And so what this is doing, in my opinion, is rallying the middle to vote for Trump for no other reason than he's the only candidate who's going to be on the ballot in 2020 that's going to say, hey, it's a crisis. It's going to destroy our country. We're giving them too much services. Those services ought to go to Americans who need it. Vote for me. I'll make sure they don't come in. That's good news number one. Good news number two is he's building the wall anyway. They're going to fight him in court that he took money from the Pentagon he shouldn't have. He misappropriated funds that he shouldn't have. He's uh, moving money around and playing games that he shouldn't have. Meanwhile, the fence is going up full speed ahead. That's good news number two. Good news number three, as your guests have talked about, these tariffs are going to paralyze Mexican trade with the United States. And there's no stronger way to hit the Mexican government than in their checkbook. Mexico could stop the illegal immigration on our southern border in 10 minutes. How? Simply by not letting Guatemalans and South Salvadorians and everybody from South America in through their southern border. It's a felony to break into Mexico. It's a go-to-prison instant offense if you're breaking into Mexico illegally. So what Mexico has done is has transported these people from the south to the north, considering them transients. As soon as Mexico closes their southern border and starts locking people up, do you know how many people will be coming to the United States illegally the next day? Zero, because they won't be able to transit the length of Mexico. So I would look at all this as good news. It's literally going to reelect Donald Trump in 2020. If this went away, his strongest incontrovertible election issue would be taken away from him. And the people that said it's not a crisis will be right. The more it looks bad in the media, and thank goodness for the Internet because it can't be bypassed, people are mad. And I'm talking about the middle of America voters that put Trump in office in the first place. Everybody that I talk to, everybody that writes to me says the same thing. How can we stop 
illegal immigration. They perceive it, even the liberals, as an encroachment on their way of life. The only people that are still in favor of it are people in power that perceive that somehow or another they're going to sign up all these illegals to vote for them and keep them in office, which, by the way, is unfortunately massively true. And so the voters will stop it because the elected Democrat liberals won't. So I would look at that as good news, not bad news. We just got to get through the next few months until Mexico steps up and goes, okay, 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 and that's enough, we'll stop it. And it will stop that day. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Very, very well said. Uh, let's go to uh, Michael. Michael, go ahead. Michael Hart. Where to start, Rory? First off, you know, I love the tariff aspect of it. A couple of the things to kind of bear in mind here, however, is what Trump is going to run into with some of the, the political opposition. Because a lot of people need to realize that America has very heavy investments in, in Mexico, and a lot of private industries do as well. For example, you know, you have an organization, a company called American Mobile. American Mobile is actually the, the Mexican communications company that owns TrackPhone. TrackPhone is the organization that was hired by the Obama administration to provide free cell phone services. Well, who do you think owns these companies? Many of those companies are actually owned by American investors. So the tariff aspect of this goes much deeper than just the import tariffs coming out of Mexico. It puts an enormous amount of pressure on the Democrat, the, the fundraisers, the politicians, and, and the, the support apparatus for the party, if you will. It's so much deeper than just, for example, putting a tax on Mexican steel or Cincemilia, for that matter. You know, it's a matter of putting an enormous amount of pressure on Americans that have made American Democrat supporters, by the way, that have made investments in the Mexican economy that are going to reel, economically speaking, if they are on the receiving end of having to help subsidize these tariffs coming back to the United States. So I, I honestly believe we're going to see a lot of pressure from the Democrat apparatus on Mexico, believe it or not, to support Trump's own initiatives, although that will not be public. The media will not report on it. It'll be very much behind the scenes because there's an awful lot of people within the Democrat fundraising apparatus that are going to not want to lose their shirts over this one. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, do you, do you really see, and I, I feel optimistic, but what do you think, uh, the outcome is going to be on this 5%. Do you think Trump will probably have to raise it to 10% or do you think they'll learn oh, yeah, yeah, from the yeah. five? No, 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 no. We're, we're, you know, Nancy Pelosi learned something about pushing against Trump. This is not going to fold at 5%. It might even have to go to 15 They, They honestly, you know, Pelosi thinks that Trump's a paper tiger. And, you know, we're still getting a lot of back and forth about you know, where she comes down, where he comes down, and, and the amount of power and the influence. Because, you know, I'm an older guy, Rory. You know, I'm almost 60 years old. And I'm telling you that from a news cycle, the House of Representatives has not had the perception of power. It's always been there constitutionally, but the perception of power in the press that it currently has today. Nancy Pelosi is very emboldened by that. She is, she is more than willing to challenge Trump and push him on this particular issue. 
particularly with the, the election looming. So will 5% do it? No, it's not far enough. We're going to have to get a little bit deeper into this so that she can turn it around as though it's a job-crushing policy. It's going to destroy you know, the livelihood. It's going, to be, it's going to increase the humanitarian crisis. She's got some political cash, to, to uh, some checks to cash here before she has to capitulate. It ain't happening at 5%. Yeah, no, I I I I agree with you. I think you know five percent is basically it. It really is just the starting point. Uh, Mike Peters in New York, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're I fine. Actually, had one... What are your thoughts on this? I I I didn't hold, I didn't hear the whole thing because I had I was cut off on the phone. I had another call come in and cut me off, and someone came into my door. We're talking so sorry about, about tariffs, that. About Trump putting five percent tariffs on Mexico to stop the illegal immigration crisis. I have no problem whatsoever with it, and I just I'm just like everything else that goes on here. No matter what he does, no matter how it works, they've gone against it. Whether it's any tax cuts or anything else, there's a reason that he's using the tariffs as a tool. He's not a dummy. He's a businessman. We all know it. So it makes a, a million percent. That's a way of penalizing them for not taking action or doing anything, and it's going to cost them. And he's going to make it like in business. He's going to make them pay. So I agree with it. I have no problem with it. Yeah. No. I, yeah. It definitely, it definitely is the right move. Uh, everybody, we will be right back. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial. Roy Sider Show. Stay tuned. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. 
We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, the next N-E-X, Gen G-E-N-U-S-A.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people doing their own shows on the network, and I can't wait to share all the details with all of you. Um, I, I want to get into, oh, wow, what to, where to, where to start with this one? I mean, this is so many different things at once right here. I mean, these, these social issues, I tell you. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, I, it is the craziest thing, one of the craziest things and one of the most delusional and one of the most dysfunctional views I've ever seen. I mean, these views uh, from these people on the left with Trump derangement syndrome, I mean, you had a guy, let me give you an example, everybody. You had a guy yesterday that lit himself on fire on the White House lawn, or, well, not on the White House lawn, but literally right next to the White House. Because he was protesting Trump. This is not the first time crazy shit like this has happened. There was actually another person a couple months ago that was lighting themselves on fire. You have the tech censoring. You have the situation with, with trying to change history. You have the white privilege, the ignorant term of white privilege being put out there. You have people trying to say that it's a crime and you should feel guilty of being white. All, all this stuff, you know, you, you have all of these smelly, gross feminists marching their, their pathetic selves in the streets with all their entitlement, all these demands, and, you know, it's like – They'll march their fat asses for Donald Trump, but they won't march for Harvey Weinstein. They won't march for real predators, but they'll march for make people that are that get false allegations pointed at them. We know Trump's innocent. Trump's never done anything. Uh, you know, he's never he's never committed any of the stuff that he was accused of. 
But we see these people, like, like we were talking about earlier in the show, the mainstream media has such a, a hold and, and, and a complete control over so many of these people. And, and what I've realized, and I've had to accept the fact that these people, uh, once they're so far gone to a certain extent, you cannot help them. I have tried, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, Trump could cure cancer and people would still say he's bad. And going back to this whole tech censor, I mean, everything I, I, I'm going to be talking about, like with, you know, this is, this is a lot of this is issues. They've, they've, you know, been a huge problem, especially since Trump's been in office. So somebody loves Trump or, or supports him. They have to risk being banned off platforms. They have to risk being ridiculed and, and interrogated. It's like, what, what has happened? You have babies getting – the Democrats think it's okay to kill babies when they're born at nine months. I mean, nine months. And you have – you know what bothers me the, mo- the most? This is one of the things that bothers me the most. When you have these smelly, gross, pathetic, entitled feminists bitching about it's women's rights, it's women's rights, women's rights. What, what's the problem? You have six weeks with this abortion bill. That, that seems like you're right to me. I mean, you have, all the, you have a lot of time. You have up to six weeks to make a decision. And if you can't make a, a decision in six weeks, you have a big problem, and it's nobody else's fault, and it's nobody but yourself. And you want to say, let us be in control of our own bodies. Well, how about you fucking – excuse my French, but how about you pay for it? How about you pay for it? I am so sick of taxpayer dollars going to Planned Parenthood, going to all these different organizations. These, and these tech companies are such a problem with what they're doing to our security and our freedom and what, what they're doing to Trump supporters. It's all this stuff. In, in, in a way, it does combine in a sense. Because right? it's all issues that, that we are currently facing that are communist tactics. What's going on? And the, the lack of responsibility from the left with, with Hillary and her abuse with the FBI, and there were new, new information that came out today that uncovers the FBI knew of Hillary's abuses. And you have Biden, the, the Biden situation where he's taking billions in bribes from China and the media. Where's the media? Where is the frickin' media? And I will I, – I, I, I know I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place right now, but I, 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 it's very important that I make some of these points. And going back into these communism tactics, you have Christianity under attack. You have, you have these people on the left, LGBT, whatever group that you know, claims to be victims. They go and they, they, they say that Christians are bigots. But they're the ones that are trying to change history. They're the ones that are trying to change ideology. They're the ones that want to bitch and whine when somebody doesn't want to give them a, bake them a cake because it doesn't go against their beliefs. It's like, how do you win with these people? And then, and then 
you have the drag queen shit being shoved down our throats constantly. For instance, Ohio Public Libraries announced yesterday that they're going to offer drag queen lessons to teenagers. Oh, yes, and I'm not, you think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. I mean, when, when does the madness end? And it just keeps getting worse. I mean, the Democratic Party, I've never been a fan of, you know, but at least at one point, like I said many times on this show, they, were, they had some sort of substance. They had something that could resonate with, with you know, quite a bit of people, you know, quite a bit of people, I guess, because, you know, they won, they won some elections. But at the same time, uh, you have the situation, well, you have a situation now, and all they're doing is pushing more and more people away. I mean, you see how many people have left the Democratic Party due to lack of substance, due to lack of policies, and they have not, because they have nothing to run on at this point in their, in their, in their careers. It's, you know, it, it's, it's insane what we're dealing with all at once. Uh, Eric, go ahead. Well, I mean, it, one of my, uh, one of my platforms is I'm a, I'm a independent conservative, but I'm a very strong social conservative. And uh, I I don't really blame a lot on the left. I blame it on the right. I blame the Christians and the people that that uh, you know even back in the after World War II when they did Operation Paperclip and and put the Marxists in the colleges after they figured out how to build a nuclear bomb and we've been allowing our kids to go to public universities and schools for three or four generations, getting taught that the best uh, economics class we can offer is Karl Marx. Well, if if you're going to be teaching kids that uh, you come from a monkey, that there is no God, and that the only thing that matters is the the government to make everything fair, and then the people that are conservative and the Christians sit on the sideline going, that's not fair. We should, that that shouldn't happen. I can't believe there's transgenders, cross-dressers, homosexuals getting married. And we, and we, we do our little holy huddles and we complain, but we don't do anything. And what President Trump did is he came out and he got the non-Christian people, the, you know, not everyone that works at a factory or a farm or, a, you know, the Rust Belt, but he got everybody mad enough to say the illegal aliens are taking your country over and you're going to lose your jobs. And so he was able to round up, not like under George uh, W. Bush, which the only reason why he won was because of the religious right or the Christians. So the church in itself is kind of collapsing and... Because the left is Eric, you there? But they did a pseudo voice vote. You're cutting out and put it back in. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, sorry. So not to carry on too long here, but um, in the end, godless people don't want anything to do with with the light. They don't want anything to do with Christianity. And so you're, you're just going either, – either the people that are traditional Americans are going to step up, get their kids out of public schools that are teaching about five-year-olds in California that they may be transgender, or fourth <laughs> graders in Minneapolis, you know, the, the how to have anal sex. If we don't step up and talk about every single day of development in a baby's in the womb – and that the heart's beating at like the second or third week, and rationally, would it be okay to kill any creature 
that's developing after its heart its heart is beating, would any other animal or anything that these far leftists would they want us to go into the the womb of a dog and start cutting up the puppies as their hearts beating, or a whale? So we have to get real, or just you know, I, there's a saying lately. One of my things lately is we have to stop trying to be liked and fight to be right, and and we're not. We're weak. The, the, the conservative movement's weak, and we're getting overrun by far leftists that don't have a God. And when there is no God, there is no moral boundaries, and they're going to push every bestiality. You're going to deal with polygamy coming in the future. You're going to deal with uh, lowering the age of consent down to 12 for, for men and women to have sex with, little ch- with kids. And we, we either have to say, no, that's morally wrong, and we fight it, or, or we're just going to see it progress and get worse. And there's only the two choices. There is no third option. So I fight, I fight to get back to traditional American values. We're not a theocracy, so I can't say that everybody should be Christians. But I can sure say that, you know what, you're not, if you want to be, uh, be a transgender person, that's your own deal in your bedroom. But you don't get to go to school or go to the library where I'm paying taxes to fund the library and then try to take kids that are their brains are still developing in their adolescent years and screw them up to the point then that we're taking gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder and we're calling it normal. But then we're saying Christian values, which was normal, is now becoming mental illness. Yeah, yeah, very, very well said. Uh, Barry, go ahead. The inmates are running the asylum. Um, a school, whether it's a high school that's preparing you for life or it's college, you're not there for social life. You're not there to be away from your parents. You're there to be trained to be ready for life. Safe spaces and conflict-free zones and Black-only graduation ceremonies, Hispanic-only graduation ceremonies, lesbian-only graduation ceremonies are creating (laughs) an insanity that doesn't prepare people for, for life but is crippling them as being unable to deal with life. This idea that there's 10 genders or 20 genders or 40 genders or whatever, I mean that literally, um, oh, yeah. The literature oh, right. is exploding. Yeah, the literature is exploding with insanity. Where I'm seeing article after article about this guy that last year ran track for a university for the men's mm-hmm. team, decides this year he's going to run for the women's team, breaks every record there is, and is on the podium with gold medals around his, her neck, whatever you want to call him, because he has decided to self-identify as a female. Even though he's got more testosterone than any woman in world history, he's got the musculature of a man who is obviously not qualified to compete against females because men are genetically different. So the women that have trained their entire life to run track or lift weights or wrestle are getting beat by guys who have changed their name from Bruce to Barbara and somehow are making this okay. 
it's no different than I have a daughter. I don't want my daughter in the restroom next to the new Barbara, and he can look at her <laughs> with with all kinds of bizarre thoughts in his mind because he now self-identifies as Barbara instead of Bruce. I don't want her in that bathroom. If this guy who is mixed up needs a restroom, either go in the guy's restroom or go in an undisclosed uh, non-gender assigned bathroom if the store feels like building him one, but not in school, not in the showers, not in the gym class, I find that reprehensible. And you know what? Most parents that have a brain that hasn't been affected by this, I guess, group insanity feels the same way. Nobody wants their kids exposed to that. Nobody wants to have this societal infatuation with bizarre thought in the mainstream. And and quite clearly, as someone who went to a conservative school many years ago and is still very proud of the education I got, when I look at these other schools now where a statue of George Washington is offensive, a statue of Thomas Jefferson who wrote the Declaration of Independence is offensive, I find that so historically bizarre that there's nothing that people can learn from these heroes if they're not transgenders or uh, obviously people like Che Guevara, a mass murderer, or Fidel Castro, a mass murderer, they can have statues, right? But not the heroes of America. Things have gotten crazy. And this goes back to what I was saying about immigration. The good news for us on this show and your listeners most people find these thoughts nuts. They don't support them. Academia has gotten all into their own world where they sailed off the end of the earth and landed in some alternative universe. But if you ask middle America, which is everybody outside of the blue lines on the left and the right coast, they think this is crazy. And they're not going to vote for it, and they're not going to support it. That's why Trump won something like, what, 98.5% of the geographic landmass of the United States? Look at, the, look at the Electoral College map. If you take out two counties in New York, Trump won the popular vote by millions as well. There is an overwhelming amount of people that think this way. Not just us. We're not some fringe group of crazies. We're typical middle America, people that believe in capitalism, that believe in free enterprise, that believe that the way you were born, unless you're one out of 50,000 that has both parts, that's all it is. The other 499,999 people are either boy or girl. That's the way most people think. So, I don't get too upset about it because it's a fringe group that happens to also control the media that thinks this kind of crazy talk is normal. But most people don't think that way, and I and that gives me confidence and hope for the future. Yeah, 
you're you're absolutely right. Very well said. Um, and and Barry, I know I know you have to run here in the next couple of minutes, so please tell everybody where they can connect with you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do have to run. I got another thing to do. Um, AmericanTruthProject.org is our platform. The easiest way to find us is findbarry.com. Findbarryoneword.com. It will take you right by hyperlink to our site. You can see our daily writings that are published from our contributors all over the world. You'll see our shows, and you'll see what we do to protect America's security from those that would take what we have as our gift away from us. And that's what we do every day, working hard, as do you, to tell the truth about America and to give hope for people that are worried that it might go away. I'm very optimistic. I think most people think like we do. I think most people are smarter than the people at the New York Times, the L.A. Times, and Facebook give them credit for, and those people are going to turn out in 2020, and you don't have to worry. I really feel that way. Thanks again, Rory, for having me. I have to run, but I appreciate the time. Absolutely. We'll have you back soon. Thank you, sir. All right. Aloha. All right. Take care. Uh, let's go to Michael. Michael Hart, go ahead. Well, you know, I want to go back to what one of the previous commentators said, because, you know, some years ago we were involved in a study about the evangelical Christians. And prior to Trump being elected, the numbers improved a little bit better with Trump. But prior to Trump being elected, about 51 percent of evangelical Christians did not vote. But yet we have, you know, the conditions of homosexual marriage, gays in the military, the abortion issue. You know, I'm coming to you live from, from Alabama. You know, we just passed the abortion law. Governor Kay Ivey, and we, I spoke to Governor Ivey just a couple of weeks ago about this. You know, one of the most aggressive abortion laws in this country today. But the, the, the Christians, they don't show up. The, the conservative movement has been feckless over the course of the last several years. Now, Trump has, in fact, reinvigorated it to a degree. But the reality of it is, Rory, that for many, many, many years, you know, we have sat on the sidelines with our with our our, our our fingers up under our butt. You know, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but when when Obama was in his first term, he nominated a guy by the name of Kevin Jennings to be the safe school czar. Kevin Jennings was actually an adherent to the teachings of another guy who has since died by the name of Harry Hay. Harry Hay was on the board of whatever the board of directors, whatever they call it. Of an organization called NAMBLA, the North American Man Boy Love Association. So, this is a group that advocates homosexual relationships between male adults and young teenage boys. And one of his, his sycophants or his advocates is Obama's safe schools are. Where were the Christian Republicans? Where were the conservatives when this was revealed? Because it wasn't like it was cloaked. We talked about it for over two years. So the reality of it is the Christians have to step up. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to get this off my chest. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a Christian conservative, but I'm sick to death of this mindset, particularly in the Deep South, where I'm coming to you live from, of, well, you know, God's got this. Just pray to the Lord, and he'll take care of everything. That's fine and well. But the Lord has also given us the instruments here on earth to make absolutely certain that we do his work here on earth. And on top of everything else, 
39% of Americans claim to be Christian conservatives, 19% liberal. Those numbers are fluid. If that's true, if the, if the conservative and the Republicans and the Christians would show up at the polls, you and I would be out of a job, not even having these conversations today, because these people we put, put in the place where they deserve to be put in, where they don't have the opportunity to influence in their aberrant behaviors, policies that affect this nation today. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Very, very well said. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Well, I couldn't agree more with each one of you from our great panel. I mean, it really takes the entire country being flipped upside down, seeing what is absolutely wrong with all of these liberal uh, progressive values to realize how bad it, it really is and how much worse it's soon going to get unless we do something. And uh, there's a slight part of me that's actually happy it's, it's becoming this way because Republicans, conservatives, have been asleep for, for a very long time, I believe. I mean, it's almost as if you need to know how bad things are to realize how good things could be if you, if you oppose these values. That what we have is the absolute um, – we had an, a liberalization of our culture. I mean, it's, it started a little bit after World War II and really took off in the 60s, and you keep seeing these waves of uh, these – feminism waves and these uh, just liberalization uh, waves that occur. I mean, we had uh, many conservatives. Uh, we've all been there. I mean, I, I know I've been here at a point in my life where I thought uh, libertarianism was the way, that libertarianism was conservative of an ideology, that if we could all just be free to do whatever we wanted, that we would be able to preserve our, our great country. Well, it turns out as we're giving these absolute um, civil liberties to to everyone that our, our societal structure is breaking down. We're getting uh, pedophilia. We're getting absolute uh, degeneracy in terms of we have drug use and uh, lack of moral culture. I mean, I, I'm really fed up, especially now that I'm uh, going uh, far in the traditional sense of uh, preserving and advocating for these traditional Christian values that made our country so great. Uh, I'm getting fed up by the fact that we have these outspoken, uh, especially uh, liberal people that are saying that our Christian conservative values are likened to that of the Dark Ages, to some oppressive, psychopathic regime that doesn't care about people. And that couldn't be any more incorrect because it were really these traditional social conservative values that had made our country great. And uh, I, I believe that because it's gotten this bad, that people are waking up and realizing that this is extremely important that we, we protect these values. And uh, I mean, it really is true that our, our institutions all across the board have been subverted by uh, these groups of people that choose their, their wallet and their liberal values over the values of, of the nation and, and preserving our, our cultural and traditional values. And uh, we've, being told all these different lies. I mean, uh, one of the, the main ones, especially, is considering um, the term uh, or the phrase diversity is our strength. And if you look at the word diverse, it means uh, unlike from one another and, uh, and differing. So it's, it's a very uh, diversive word. And the suffix means uh, the, the suffix of uh, diverse, which is verse, means to change. And die means twofold. It's to change twofold. It's to make our country so different than what it was. And I believe that it's the case that we really 
want to unite around these this culture, these values that have made our country great, that we really want to make America great again and, and fight for, for these values that really brought us together to begin with and not so divisive and feeding into identity politics and all these uh, terrible tropes that the Democrats use in, in order to uh, take control. I mean, especially when you see uh, big business. We, we're led to believe that if we give free markets the ability to perform, that that's, that's the ultimate freedom. And I, I believe that's true in, a, in the case, but we live in a crony capitalistic society in the sense that we have perhaps maybe one big business that you can think of that actually cares about Christian conservative values, and that's Chick-fil-A. And what we have all across the board is uh, terrible boycotts, and uh, the universities are uh, especially are boycotting, trying to get rid of Chick-fil-A wherever they can. And it's almost as if these you can't have a, a Christian conservative uh, message in in uh, the real world. You'll just get flattened by a, a much bigger fish in the pond. So I, I really think that it really comes down to uh, bringing the, the the entire populace of, of our nation to unite around these social conservative values and to, and to really wake up to the fact that uh, we're heading down a steep cliff if, if we don't act fast, that uh, we're going to turn into an absolute uh, clown world of, of liberalization and uh, globalism. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, absolutely right. Um, let's go to Mike, Mike Peters in New York. Mike Peters, go ahead. I think it's our fault, and, and I'm not saying us just here in the United States. I said, you know, I'm thinking even in Europe. All of us, we, we, we got so tied up. We ended up so tied up with our jobs, uh, raising families, making money, paying bills, our daily life. You've got to pick the kids up from school. You've got this. You've got that. And it let the liberals and it let the wrong people go to the top and take control of all of these agencies, of all the schools, and put themselves in key places, whether it's the school board or anything else and take control and push their agenda while we were asleep at the switch. You know, the Greeks have an expression, the guy pays rent, but he sleeps on his feet. And that's what we were doing. We sat back and we ended up, now we woke up. Now we're looking at it going, what happened? Now the key thing is to take it back and to get the control back away from them. Cause I, I agree. I don't with, with one of your other panelists that, um, I don't think they, I don't believe they're in the majority. I think we're in the majority, but the thing is they control the microphone and the, and the podium right now. We've got to get, take the microphone away from them, get them off the podium, put them back in their place and, and bring values back, put values back on the table, put respect back on the table because the schools, the kids, these, they're out of control. And it's not like other people have said, I've gotten into this argument with other liberals and they, with some liberals and they said, well, every generation says that. No, it's not like that. When I grew up, I never remember what happened five days ago. I put the link in there for you to see that article in uh, the message section for you there on the phone, Rory. In Stockton, California, did you see that where 80 kids rioted and they were attacking the cops? The police went to the school to arrest a kid and the kids started uh, jumping on the cop because the cop was taking down a kid. He was going to arrest a kid for attacking a staff member. The police were called. 80 kids, they threw a trash barrel at the police. And are you kidding me? Have you, have you ever, in your, when you went to high school, would you ever even see that? Imagine that? 80 kids no. unifying and go against the police? No. no. Then no. there's a problem here. There's a problem. And it's with, it's with the values that these assholes are pushing out there. And, and we have to really, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Is it going to change? Yes, because enough of us have started to wake up. 
and say we've had enough of it. Silent majority helped push Trump in. Yes, that's step one. But we've got a lot of work to do. And things like shows like this, uh, how we act in public, what we say in public, everything, it makes a difference. Don't hide. Don't keep your mouth quiet. Don't keep quiet about it. Let people know who you are and where you stand. Because that intimidates them. That lets them know they're not the only one on the podium. They don't have control in the final say. There are others. So, I mean, on my local Facebook page, somebody posted a picture of the Civil War statue. And I was going to post. I didn't. And I said, you know what? I will. And I said, look at the soldier on the top of that Civil War statue. With his left arm, he's, he's holding. He's protecting that American flag. His right hand is resting on the sword. In the scabbard, he's ready to draw to defend the values, to defend that flag. Do you see the message in that? And everybody came in, and, and they all clicked like on it. So get our opinion out there. Shows like this and everything else. The more we speak up, the better off we are. Very, very well said. You're, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. Um, I do want to... Uh, we do we only have about a minute and a half left. I'll go to Eric. Eric, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Monday through Friday on Mojo50.com. You can hear it on iHeartRadio. My show is called The Informant. Um, I have a social media platform that I set up to compete with Facebook. I invite you guys all over. It's MAGA, M-A-G-A, Make America Great Again book. I'm on 11 o'clock Pacific time, 2 o'clock in the morning, and you can hear all the playbacks on mojo50.com. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks, Eric. Uh, let's, uh, My- Michael Hart, please uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, and I really appreciate having you on, sir, and we'll definitely have you back soon. Well, Roy, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, Hart, H-A-R-T, heartofamerica.net. We're on Monday through Friday. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, every single morning, Heart H-A-R-T, heartofamerica.net. And, of course, we, we broadcast them with all the different uh, you know, podcast platforms. But, uh, again, live Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., heartofamerica.net. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. We'll have you back soon. Have a great night. Uh, Kevin, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, you can find me at uh, on social media, Nationalist United or NationalistUnited.com. I got uh, bigger and better things coming, and uh, so stay tuned. Today, tonight was an especially great show. Um, I uh, I love everything you've been doing, Rory. Uh, so thanks again. Absolutely, we'll see you next week. I uh, want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in tonight. Uh, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my audience and sponsors. You guys are incredible. Uh, the show just keeps getting better and better. We're now listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, USA. Dot com And remember, in the coming weeks, we'll be having many notable people doing their own show, and I can't wait to announce all the details. Um, we will have many big shows uh, next week. I can't wait to be with all of you. Uh, well, have a great weekend. I'm Rory Sodder. God bless everybody.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.